So, an uh, interesting week in sports. Um, an interesting weekend in sports. We got the Big Ten back. Um, first and foremost, congratulations to the Dodgers for winning their first World Series title since 1988. Uh, that is a 32-year drought. Those Dodger fans deserve it because the Dodgers, they've been, they've been so dominant in the NL West. I think they won like eight straight NL West division titles. And they've been peaking at this moment. They've been peaking for this World Series title for a while. And it's really good, it's really good to see um, guys like Justin Turner and, and Clayton Kershaw, guys that's been on that team, that's, that, that's been consistent with these teams, you know, that's been on this team for a while. Glad to see that really pay off for them. Also, week seven has transpired. We're going into week eight. We're going, in, we're going into November. We're halfway through the NFL season. I'm a, I, got, I, got a, I got an interesting episode. I'm going to give my harsh truths about every team in the NFL. My harsh truth about every team. This should be interesting because we're halfway through the season. We have an idea of what certain teams are, but I'm going to give my harsh truth. Let's get into it. Let's jump into it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. My check. My check. rock a little bit. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, welcome back to another episode of the IKP. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to, reg- shout out to the regular listeners. Shout out to the newcomers. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I'm your humble and highly favored host, Isaiah Kitt. So let's talk about uh, the Patriots and Belichick. Belichick and the Patriots, they're coming off of their worst home loss in the Belichick era. Their worst home loss. Their worst home loss coming off the Bel- you know, in the Belichick era. And throughout the offseason, I questioned how good th- how, how how good is this team? And I know, I know, people questioned me and they said, hey, they still got Belichick. And I'm like, I know Belichick is a great coach. But it's it's going to be very difficult for him to overcome all of these miscues. I mean, with COVID, the players opting out. I, I mean, I mean the defense, key defensive players leaving in free agency. Um, not to mention, like his Hall of Fame quarterback left in free agency. I just, and then you look at look at the skills unit. For the, for the Patriots. I don't even know their names. I don't know their names. Nikhil Harry. Izzo at the tight end position. Julian Elliman last year led the league in drops. I questioned how good this team was. All throughout the offseason. 
all throughout the offseason and leading up to the offseason, I said, mm, this team is maybe, may, may, maybe, it can get, maybe it can get the 8-8, eight and eight, but I was with 7-9. I, I said all along, I think this is a 7-9 football team. Um, and that was before the signing of Cam Newton. And even after they signed Cam Newton, I said, uh, well, you guys know how I feel about Cam Newton. First, I didn't think it was a good match with Cam Newton and Belichick. They're polar opposites. Belichick likes efficiency. Cam is not efficient. Belichick, um, you, can't, you know, Belichick, accuracy, he's more for accuracy and proficiency. That's not Cam. Uh, Belichick is serious and grumpy a little bit. Cam is playful and joyful. It, it just didn't, I, I didn't think, I didn't think the two match. Um, in the first two games, it looked pretty good, but it was against the Dolphins and it was against the Seattle Seahawks defense, which isn't good as we see. So what do we really know about this team? That's what I questioned the first two weeks, but I went along, I went along, I little, I, I went along as they, you know, as they progressed and they beat the Raiders and so forth, but I'm, I, I reverted back to my old point in my prediction. This is a 7-9 football team. This is a 7-9 football team. Look at the skills position. Look at all of the holes in the defense. The offensive line. New England's offensive line. It's, the line play, it's never looked this bad. But also, guess what? No Dante Skarnakia. No Dante Skarnakia, so... You know, one of the best offensive line coaches in the league. He's not there anymore. I just thought it was too much for Belichick to overcome. And I, and I reverted back to this stat. And I said, hey, look at this stat. Look at it. Belichick is 41 and 57 prior to Tom Brady being the full-time starter. Prior to Tom Brady becoming the full starter. For the New England Patriots. This is this is before Tom Brady. Prior to Brady, Belichick was 41 and 57. 41 and 57. And that is the that 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 was the record that I that I stuck to, that I stuck with throughout the entire offseason leading up to the season. And I can give you some other examples in NFL history where this is like there's legendary coaches, there's great coaches. You, you can be a great coach. You can be a legendary coach. But you have to have a great quarterback. You have to have a great quarterback. And especially in today's game, with the, with the talent being at an all-time high at the quarterback position, you, 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 you got to be good at quarterback. It's just as simple. That's simple. But I look at a, I look at a legendary coach like Chuck Noll. He won four Super Bowls in the 70s with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Legendary coach. He won four Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But his first 20 games, he was 3-17. and 17. His first 20 games, he was 3-17 and 17 as the Steelers coach. 3-17. and 17. Think about that. Also, and that was before Terry Bradshaw. He, we, you know, we all know what happens when, when, when he gets Terry Bradshaw. Chuck Noll won four Super Bowls. But after Terry Bradshaw retired, after, after Terry Bradshaw retired, 
Um, Chuck Noll never won more than 10 games. He never won more than 10 games after Terry Bradshaw retired. He never won more than 10 games. Mm, no correlation yet? Okay. That's, I, I, yeah, Chuck Noll's a little bit older, you know, 1970s. A little bit before you guys' time. You got to do some research. How about I give you a recent example? Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Andy Reid, he spent a lot of years in Philadelphia. And I can remember, I can, I can literally remember, like the knock on Andy Reid was, oh, he can't win the big game. He, he, you know, Andy Reid, he can't win the big game. He, he always had explosive offenses. Um, and, and, this is, and this is, by the way, by the way, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But this is, by the way, this is no shot at Donovan McNabb or Alex Smith. But Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback that Andy Reid has had. Um, and, he's, and Patrick Mahomes, is an, he's an elite talent. Donovan McNabb and Alex Smith was not that. Let's just put it like that. Don, Mc, Donovan McNabb did get to a Super Bowl. Alex Smith, you know, he won a lot of regular season games. Didn't, didn't have quite the success, the same success in the postseason, obviously. But they were, they were good quarterbacks. But Patrick Mahomes... It's just on a different level. And, but I can remember the knock on Andy Reid was, hey, he can't win the big game. Andy Reid cannot win the big game. His offenses don't work. You know, the, the, his offensive system don't work in the postseason. It's kind of the Dan, it's like, it's like the Mike D'Antoni stigma. You know how people say, oh, Mike D'Antoni, his offenses don't work in the postseason. His, his schemes, his system doesn't work in the postseason. That was Andy Reid. That was that was Andy Reid. That was literally Andy Reid a few years back. And now everybody loves Andy Reid. Everybody I mean and Andy Reid has always been a great coach. He's always he's always won a lot of games. Just couldn't win the big one. That was that was the knock though. Couldn't win the big game. And he gets Patrick Mahomes. Uh they go to the AFC Championship game. His first his first year as a starter. I mean if D4 wasn't offsides who knows? Kansas City could have won the Super Bowl that year, the or the, the previous year, that year, you know, 2018. And then now, last year, Mahomes and and, and, and Mahomes and Andy Reid they got to the Super Bowl and they won it. Or you can look at a, you can take another example, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll, Seattle. First, he, he he got fired from his first two NFL jobs. He you know then he goes to USC. Was, he was dominant at USC, but then he goes to Seattle. Seattle, his first two years in Seattle, he went 7-9. Mind you, he had the Legion of Boom. He had Marshawn Lynch. He still went. He had two 7-9 seasons in Seattle. And then, you know what? He drafts Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson turns out to be a really, really, really good quarterback. He turns out to be a Hall of Fame-level quarterback. And... But guess what? Russell Wilson, Pete Curl, they've got they've gotten to two Super Bowls. They've won one in hell. They probably should have won the second one. And, and, and ever since then, Seattle and Russell Wilson and Pete Curl, they have been a playoff, they have been a playoff perennial team. A, a, a perennial playoff team, excuse me. Ever since then, they have been a perennial playoff team. They have won, they have won a Super Bowl and they've gotten to multiple Super Bowls. So it just goes to show you. No matter how good of a coach you are in this league, you need a quarterback. 
You need a quarterback to take you to that next level. You just need that. And and with Cam Newton and I, 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 and before and I want to get to Cam Newton, but before I leave off of this with Belichick, with Brady and Tampa Bay flying high, and the Buccaneers are five and two, and it's it's starting to look like Tampa Bay is catching, like they're starting to pick up momentum. The conversation and the debate is coming back up. Who deserves more credit? Tom Brady. Who deserves more credit for the 20-year dynasty in New England? Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? Now, me personally, I think it's a combination of both. I think I don't think one was more valuable than the other because Bell, I mean, because because Brady, he he, he I mean Nearly every year, Brady had a top 10 defense. But Belichick needed the greatest quarterback of all time. He needed a Hall of Fame level quarterback to take him to the heights that New England were at. So I think it's a combination of both. Tom Brady was clutch. Tom Brady, you know, work ethic. Tom Brady was accurate. Tom Brady, intangibles, leader, went. He, Tom Brady had winning intangibles, leadership, but I also think Belichick's element of brain of his of his defensive mind and um, how he has his teams buttoned up. The Patriots they don't kill themselves. The page the Patriots are disciplined. I think Belichick's disciplined mindset. I think disciplinary mindset. I think that I think it's all, I think it's all a combination of both. And when you put two and two together, when you put Brady and his clutch factor and his clutchness and his and his winning intangibles and his leadership and his, and his quarterbacking skills, and you put Brady and you put Belichick's defensive mind, genius. He's a he's a defensive guru and a football genius. And, and he has that discipline. He has he's a very disciplined coach. When you put that, when you get when you put both of those together, I think that's what created this, the twenty year dynasty. I think that's I think that's what created the six Super Bowl championships. So I don't think one is greater than the other. I don't think one is more valuable than ever. Now I do think Belichick. You need you you need a quarterback. And, and I think Belichick knows that. I think Belichick knows that. I think Belichick knows that. You need a quarterback in order to be successful in this league. You need to. Especially now. Especially now. And now with Cam Newton's play, Cam Newton, um, you guys know how I feel about Cam Newton. Um, I, I know he's a, he's, a, he's a great talent for... For a, for an athlete to be his size, with the speed and how he can move and his arm strength, it's remarkable. That's what makes him a great talent. But I've often said this about Cam Newton: accuracy, his mechanics have his his mechanics have always been out of whack. I've never been a huge fan. I don't. I, I, he's not a great thrower of the football as far as pinpoint accuracy and precise routes. You're never going to get that from Cam Newton. He's not polished. Like I said, mechanics not that polished. That's but that's just who Cam Newton is. That's 
That's who he is. That's who most of us have grown to. Lo- you know, we love Cam Newton. I don't love him. I I think he's a great athlete. I don't. I, I think he's a pretty solid quarterback. He's average though. You look at his career. Look, if you take out the MVP year, you look at his, you look at the totality of his career. He's been average. He's been average. But coming into the season, um, he they opened up week one. He ran the ball pretty well. He was really dominant on the ground. So New England showed us that. Then the second week. He plays against Seattle. The second week, he plays against Seattle, and he nearly throws for 400 yards. And I kid you not, that, I mean, me personally, I don't know about, I don't know about everybody else, but me personally, that was the best I've seen Cam Newton throw the football in years. As far as a thrower of the football, with his accuracy that he, shown, that he showed versus Seattle, um, the down-the-field throws, I mean, just, just giving you a little bit of everything, um, and, and that game wasn't perfect, but as far as a thrower and, and, you know, that was the best in years that I seen Cam Newton throw the football. So we got a, we got a sneak peek of what this Patriots offense could look like, but he got, he caught COVID and ever since he came back from COVID, he hasn't been, he, he hasn't been quite the same. He's actually been a little bit slower his release, his release point, his release timing has been a bit slower. Even when he's moving around the pocket, he's he's been a bit slower. Now I don't, I don't, I don't like I say, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I hate to play doctor, I because I don't have no interest in the medical field. But has COVID? Cam Newton and I know he's symptomatic now, but did COVID, Did Cam Newton catching COVID? Did that have an impact on him? And I and I I don't want to make it sound like I'm making excuses because he threw 15 passes this past Sunday and he had three interceptions. So that means every five passes versus the 49ers, it was an interception. That's just not good football. That's just not you're not that's not winning football. He only had 98 yards and he had zero touchdowns. That's just that's that's not winning football at all. But is it, because of, is it because he had COVID? Like, what are the after effects? We don't know. We don't know. But Cam Newton has not looked good. And it's, 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 main, it's mainly, it's, I think it's somewhat of Cam Newton and his accuracy issues and the mechanic issues and so forth. But also, the skills position, as I talked about in the offseason, the receiving core. It's not that good. These nice, these guys are not that good. I can't even name half of these guys. Nikhil Harry, they drafted him a few a couple years back. That hasn't quite that hasn't worked out. I mean, that hasn't worked out. Let's be honest. It hasn't. Julian Edelman, he's aging. Last year he led the league in drops. I don't I, I, like who is who, I, who's their tight end? I don't know. I think his name is Izzo. I don't know though. I don't know though. Like I just I can't I can't name their receiving core. Um, the kid bird. I, I, I don't know. I don't know these guys. I don't know these guys. So that doesn't help either. But Cam's play hasn't elevated these guys the last three weeks. It is just unacceptable. It's unacceptable. But let's move on to um, the next topic. Um, so Baker and the Browns and um, <laughs> so many people would, you know, add me 
telling me, oh, you you treated Baker wrong. And because I, 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 I ain't gonna lie, I, I got on Baker pretty harsh last week. I mean, but he just, I mean, it, it was right. It was, I mean, it was, it was deserved. I mean, he, he played horrible against Pittsburgh. Um, and the, and the, and the big news coming out of that game was not only did Baker light up the Browns, but the Browns lost OBJ, their star receiver. They lost their star receiver, and I see a lot of people see Baker's a he, Baker's a franchise quarterback, and I know he he looked really good against the Bengals, but that's the problem. That that, that 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 like that's that's it. It's the Bengals. We know his history. That's why I'm not ready to uh, just crown Baker yet because we know his history with the Bengals. He's five and one versus the Bengals. He plays tremendous football against the Bengals. I mean, his I'm looking at his stats right. His stats versus the Bengals, and you come and you compare it to everybody else. Or when he plays everybody else, it's astonishing, and it's it's the tale of two tapes. So I don't know what I'm getting from Baker. I don't know. Um, he he is yet to do this versus a winning team. He is yet to do this versus a team that has a winning record. Um, the and the reason I mean the last three years. Cincinnati has had historically one of the worst defenses in football. I mean, you know, everybody got so excited and even Baker dancing in the locker room. I mean, you beat the Bengals. You were supposed to beat the Bengals. You were supposed to beat the Bengals. He threw five touchdowns. And I'm I'm not going to lie. I mean, you guys may think I'm too hard on Baker, but I'm not going to lie. Baker looked pretty good. He, he he made some good throws. I think the game-winning throw was a really good throw. It, I, I never said Baker can't play. I just think he's average, and I still think he's average. I, I, I still think he's average. Let's see him do this against Pittsburgh. Let's see him do this versus Baltimore. But I'm not ready to just give. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just just shake my pom poms for Baker Mayfield because. He beat Cincinnati again. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not. And also, I hear P. I, I you know, I, you know, o, OBJ. As I already mentioned, OBJ. He went down, and I feel bad for Odell because you know he he's had a lot of he's he's had he had he's had some critical injuries the last few years. So I, I kind of feel bad for OBJ. I really do. And OBJ, Odell, he's one of my favorites. He's one of my favorite players. But the the but the the nerve that people are trying to make, they're trying to make the the argument. They're trying to create the argument with the with these stats that they're pulling up. They're trying to say that Baker, he's gonna actually be better because he has no Odell Beckham. And you know, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me, and you're telling me, Baker Mayfield is going to benefit from Odell Beckham being hurt? In the first place, if it wasn't for Baker Mayfield throwing the interception, Odell would have never got hurt. But that's neither here nor there. But you guys are telling me, 
just because of the stats. And and yes, Baker he he, he does try to force feed Odell. Um, and, and and at times when you have when you have such an explosive talent, when you have such a great talent at the receiver position, and you you they like the obviously the receiver wants you to look their way, and you want to feed them the ball, and you want to stay in their good graces. I, that can be you can sometimes you can sometimes turn a blind eye and not make all and not always make the right read. But I'm not going to sit on here and say Baker Mayfield is going to be a better quarterback without his best receiver. I'm not going to make that argument. I'm not going to make that argument because first, I think that's telling. I think that's telling. That shows that he's really not a great quarterback. That's that shows that he's really not a great quarterback because I look at the I look at all the great quarterbacks Tom Brady's greatest year. When was Tom Brady's greatest year? To like numbers wise, stats wise. When was Tom Brady's greatest year? Tom Brady's greatest year was in 2007. Who was he thrown to? Randy Moss, a Hall of Fame level receiver. That didn't that didn't stop Tom Brady from making the right. That didn't stop or hold back Tom Brady. He had his greatest season with 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 Randy Moss, Peyton Man. I look at the I look at Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. Quarter this this narrative that some people are trying to create that Baker is going to be better because he has no Odell Beckham and he's going to be able to spread the ball around. This narrative that they're cre- that 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 people are creating is just false. I feel like it's just false. It's false. Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison made Peyton Manning like they made him a little bit better. They Peyton Manning got those he got Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne the football. Joe Montana was better with Jerry Rice. <laughs> so the narrative that that people are trying to create that Baker Mayfield he's like all of a sudden he's going to be better without Odell Beckham. It's astonishing. And I think for Baker, from a Baker standpoint, from Baker Mayfield's standpoint, I think it really shows. It, it, it's, 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 I think it's telling. It's very telling that if you, 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 some way, somehow, you have such a talented receiver, you can't make it work. You can't find way, you can't, you can't find better ways to utilize him. And maybe that's a Kevin Stefanski issue. Maybe that's a Kevin Stefanski problem. Some 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 people can make the argument, but it just shows that Baker is not a great quarterback, and I still think he's average. He's it just shows he's not a great quarterback, and I still think he's average. I still think Baker is average. I I still think he's average. But I'm gonna move on to my harsh truths um, for every single football team. My harsh truth. My harsh truth for every single football team. I'm going to have to hit you guys with an ad after this. So my harsh truth for every team. Now, some teams may not have a harsh truth. I just may have like, and I may have like uh, an improvement with them that I think they could make. Some teams, some teams, it's, it's not a lot of them, but some teams won't have a harsh truth. Um, so they just have like an improvement, whatever. <laughs> But um, 
So let's start with the NFC East. And I think it's going to be really entertaining. So let's start with the NFC East since, that, that, since this is the worst division in football and there's a lot to be said. Um, with the, so let's start with the, the Eagles. Let's start with the NFC East with the Philadelphia Eagles. They're 2-4-1. Um, I, I, I talked about Carson Wentz. I, think Carson, I don't think Carson Wentz is the, the, the main problem. Now, with his turnovers and how he can be a bit reckless at times, he can become a tur- he can become uh, a, a problem or one of the main issues. But I think the main issue is first the harsh truth about Philadelphia is they can't stay healthy. I mean, they've been hit with they've been hit with the injury bug. They can't stay healthy. Um, they haven't. I mean, how, I I want to I, I want to see what happens with Jalen Rager. But Howie Roseman hasn't done a good job with drafting the receivers or putting the weapon, putting the the weapons and rep weapons around Carson Wentz. Um, but but the harsh truth of Philadelphia is they can't stay healthy. I mean, so many guys are going out left and right. They just cannot stay healthy. It's a lot of injuries on the offensive line to running backs, Miles Sanders. To receivers, Anshan Jeffrey, Jalen Rager, Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard. I mean, there's so many injuries to name and list. That 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 that's that's the harsh truth for Philadelphia. They cannot stay healthy. And plus, I think they have to do a better job with putting some weapons around Carson Wentz um, through the draft, free agency, whatever. They have to do a better job of putting some weapons around him. But like I said, for the most part, I like Carson Wentz. I think he's a really talented guy. He shows flashes of him of, of, of like he can he can be elite. He shows flashes of that, but got to stay more consistent. Um, the Washington football team. The harsh truth is, first get a name, but I would also but in all seriousness, I would say, who's your quarterback? Like, what's the quarterback plan? I think defensively, like, they have they have a lot of talent up front. Um, you know, Chase Young, Montez, they, they have a lot, Jared, they have a lot of talent up front. Um, and their defense is pretty good. Their defense is pretty solid for the most part. Um, they, they can shore up, uh, you know, Kendall Fuller's having a good season. Um, but... Uh, who, who what what is your plan at the quarterback position? Uh, I mean, because Haskins, I thought they would, I thought they, I thought they were gonna give, I thought they were gonna give Haskins a long leash to see what he can do, and if he's not the guy, well, you draft the guy. But you're two and five. But Washington, they, they're giving me the way how Ron Rivera and this team they they play with a lot of heart, a lot of energy. They're giving me the sense that they think they can win the NFC East, but I would just have that's my harsh truth about what is the quarterback plan? What is the plan at the quarterback position? Um the offensive line could get better as well. I, I you know, the off, offensively, offensively, what is the plan for Washington? That's what I want to see. Um with Dallas um the harsh truth, Jerry Jones, he has to Jerry Jones have to give up the reins. He has to, he, he he has to 
he has to let go of his ego and him being the GM. He has to let it go. I think he has to let it go. Um, because he has he, he he his ego has gotten so big. And I think Jerry's a great businessman. Um, but his ego has gotten so big and has gotten in its way where he wants all of the credit. He wants he wants all of the credit for building a Super Bowl team. And when he first bought the team, he fired Tom Landry. He hired his former college teammate, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson built a, 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 a great Super Bowl caliber team. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson is a guy with a lot of personality, so a lot of credit came his way. Jerry didn't like that. Jerry fired him. That was the, that's just the short version of the story. Jerry hired Barry Switzer. That cowboy, that that you know, Barry Switzer, he wasn't Jimmy Johnson, but he was still good enough to win the Super Bowl. Anybody could have won a Super Bowl with that roster. That 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 and that was Jimmy's team that Barry Switzer won that Super Bowl with. Um and then ever since then, it, it, it Jerry Jones have hired he's 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 hired coaches that won't retaliate. He has hired coaches that don't have big personalities. Um he hired Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells, a coach with a lot of personality, a lot of ego. Jerry Jones did not like that. Jerry Jones got rid of him. So Jerry Jones have hired a bunch of yes-men, Jason Garrett and Mike McCarthy. He's hired coaches that won't, that won't retaliate. So I think that's the harsh truth for Dallas. Jerry Jones, he has to step down. from. You know, he has to give up the reins of being GM. Um, the New York Giants, is Daniel Jones your guy? I mean, it, 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 like, it, it, some of this comes down to, is Daniel Jones your guy? Do you think, like, do you want him for the next 10 years? I think that's something that the Giants have to think about. Um, let's go on to the NFC North, the Green Bay Packers. They don't have a second option at receiver. I mean, first... They don't have a, like, who's the second option as the receiver? At, like, at the receiver, because I feel like watching that Houston game, in Houston, they're just so bad defensively. They didn't, they didn't, they had no, you know, Green Bay had no Aaron Jones. Green Bay had no Alan Lazard. And Houston, they were single covering, they were single covering Devontae, Devontae Adams. They were single cover. They didn't double cover him. They, they didn't, no, 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 no. They were single cover. So, Devonte Adams had his he he had his way, but I think the Packers if they really want to be a legit Super Bowl team, I think they're obviously they're going to make the playoffs. But if they want to be a legit Super Bowl team, a a, a legit if they want a legit a, a legit chance at, of winning the Super Bowl, I think they have to go out and find a second receiver, somebody like a a Will Fuller, somebody of that of that magnitude. I think they have to find a second receiver, a guy like Will Fuller or Kenny Stitt, somebody like that. They have to find a second receiver. I think that is that is the missing hole. That is the missing tool offensively for the Packers. And then also, they're soft up front. They get they. I mean, Green, Green Bay. They get bullied up front, but that would be my harsh truth. They get bullied up front, and they don't have a second option. 
They need to go out and get a second option at the receiver position. Um, the Chicago Bears, no offense. Offensively, they're limited. Um, I, I think, first, I think Matt Nagy has to do a better job of knowing his personnel. I saw a lot of, I saw a lot of mishaps on Monday night versus the Rams. And I think, it, it, like, that, that Monday night game, it, it just showed how, impo- how important coaching is. Um, because Sean McVay played to his team's strengths. And Matt Nagy, he didn't, it, it seemed like he didn't know what his team's strengths were. Because he didn't play to them. He didn't, he, he didn't consistently go back to what his team's strengths were. He didn't consistently go back to what, the, what, what, what was working. So I think the Bears, their harsh truth is offensively, they can't, they, they're not good offensively. They're not good offensively. Literally, their defense outscored their offense on Monday night. Their, yes, their defense outscored their offense on Monday night. So I think the Bears, they don't, they don't know what they want. They don't know what they, they don't know who they are offensively. And they, I think they, they lack, uh, they, they lack what they want to do offensively. They lack, what are you, what type of team are you going to be? What type of team are you going to be offensively? I think the Bears lack that. Um, the Detroit Lions, I know they're three and three, but I, I'm just not a huge fan of Matt Patricia. I'm just I'm just not a huge fan of Matt Patricia. Um and I I think they have to really look in the mirror and say, hey, is Matt Patricia the guy? Is Matt Patricia the guy? I mean, in his in his three seasons that he's been there, I think. In Matt Patricia's three seasons, he's won twelve games. He's won twelve games. In his three seasons. He's twelve and twenty-five in his three seasons. But the, the the but the Detroit Lions they fired Jim Caldwell who won, who who had back to back nine win seasons and got the Lions to the playoffs. So I think the Lions have to ask themselves if it, 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 like like let's see what Matt Patricia does to finish out the season because the Lions are three and three. Let's see what he does. But also I think another one that I have to hit is Matthew Stafford. I know he's talented. But how long are we gonna wait on Matthew Stafford? Like how like what is the what's what's the next move at the quarterback position for the Detroit Lions? So coaching in the quarterback position. What is the next move for Matthew Stafford in Detroit? What does his future look like? I know he's talented, but is he really gonna get you over the top? I don't think so. I don't know. Um, the Minnesota Vikings, they're one in five. They're in, a, they're in last place. My harsh truth for them would be Kirk Cousins, not it. Kirk is not it. Kirk Cousins is just not it. Um, Kevin Stefanski left and Stefan, they traded away Stefan Diggs this offseason and it, it, it's just gone downhill. Dalvin Cook, he's, I think he's hurt now. It's just gone downhill. I mean, for years, for a few years, the Minnesota Vikings had one of the better, they had one of the better all-around rosters, but now they have a young secondary. They've been struggling all year on defense, which, which, which I mean, which is surprising because that just hasn't been them. They haven't, I mean, 
that it, they've been really a really good defense. They've been a really good defensive team over the last few years, but this year they're struggling. And I think it's the the proof is in the pudding. It, it's the proof is in the pudding. Kirk Cousins, it, it, he's just not the guy. He's just not the guy. He's just not it. Um, so the NFC South, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know if I have a harsh truth for them. I mean, they're clicking on all cylinders right now. They're five and two. Um, I, in my in my estimate, I think they're the best all around. I think they're the most complete team in the NFC. Like when I look at offense and defense, I think they're the most complete team in the NFC. But I would, I don't know. I mean, this is. I mean, they, they have a lot of weapons on offense. They're adding Antonio Brown. I guess it would be like, but Bruce Arians has already said it. He said if Antonio Brown, if he acts up one time, he's gone. So I really don't have a harsh truth. I mean, I mean Brady. It's not. I mean, this is only like a couple years. This thing is not going to last with Brady. Like this. This is not a five year thing. I don't think. This is a two year thing, a couple year thing with Brady in the Buccaneers. But they look pretty good right now. Um, Carol, uh, so, oh no, the New Orleans Saints at four and two, um, their harsh truth. Um, New Orleans, they have struggled a bit. Drew Brees have struggled. Uh, their harsh truth. Who's the next quarterback? That, that, I mean, like what's, what's next for the quarterback at what's next for the quarterback position for the New Orleans Saints? What is next? Like, is it Taysom Hill? Because I think this is Drew Brees last year. I think this is his last year. Um, his arm, he just don't have the same juice. I, I think this is Drew Brees last year. But what is what what's at the quarterback position? What's the future looking like? I think that you know they got to ask themselves that. They'll probably. They, I think the Saints. They make the playoffs this year. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to get to the Super Bowl. But um, I, that would be my question. What's the quarterback? What, like, or my truth. <laughs> uh, what, what, like, what, what's next for the quarterback position? And also, what's going on with Michael Thomas? Like, he got into, he got into an altercation with, Mike, uh, with Sean Payton and then the fighting of the teammates. Now he's hurt. I don't know. But the Saints are four and two, so they they they're probably fine. The Carolina Panthers, what is what's what's the Panthers' harsh truth? Um, because they've been getting better. They're three and four. I would say, um, I don't know if I have a harsh truth for the Panthers, because they, I mean, for most people, they have overachieved. They've overachieved. A lot of people, a lot of people didn't have the Panthers being this good, so they have kind of overachieved. Um, for the Atlanta Falcons, they're one in six. They're, 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 they're one of the worst teams in the league now. I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious. Matt Ryan, he's done. Matt, Matt Ryan's done. Matt, Matt, Matt Ryan is done. He, 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 I, he's, he's toasted. Veteran court, he's aging. Um, you got like Atlanta has so many holes in their roster defensively, uh, off, like they have so many holes in their roster. The proof is in the pudding with Matt Ryan. We know who he is. We know what he is as a quarterback. Um, and I would also try to explore trading Julio Jones probably. 
Um, and now the NFC West. The NFC West. The Seattle Seahawks are five and one. My harsh truth is, what happened to the defense? What Pete Carroll and the defense? Like they, they. I'm glad that they went out and traded. They so that's that's also hit. That's also some big time news coming out of Seattle. They traded for Carlos Dunlap because they realized they need pass rushing. And in order for the Seahawks to be a legit Super Bowl, or, or well, in order for them to have a chance at winning the Super Bowl, they have to be able to generate some type of pass rush. Because without that, um, I just don't know what I'm getting from this team. And, and Russ can cook, and as good as Russ is, that game on Sunday night, it showed you they need some type of pass rush. Um, the Seahawks defense just does not make you, it just doesn't make you uncomfortable. So I, I think the, the, the harsh truth of Seattle is they have no pass rush. They have no pass rush whatsoever. Um, Jamal Adams is their, he, he leads the team in sacks. Now, Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams has missed what, like four or five games? Like what? He, like what? Four or five games he missed? Or, or four games? Yeah. He, he leads. He he still leads the team in sacks. That's just not sufficient. That's just not sufficient at all. But um, let's move on to the Rams. The Rams are five and two. Now, what's the what's the Rams' harsh truth? I would say um, how good is Jared Goff? How like like oh? Cause I like I, I and by the way I like Jared Goff. But how good is he? It, I mean, because he got he got to a Super Bowl, and for the most part, I think if you're if you're able if you're able to get to the Super Bowl, that means you're good enough to win a Super Bowl. Um, now I'm I'm not sure if this Rams team I'm not sure if this particular Rams team is good enough to get to the Super Bowl, but offense and defensively and like coaching wise, Sean McVay is a really good coach. But how good is Jared Goff? Because sometimes he looks really good and he looks like he could really do some things. But like it was the, like the game versus the 49ers. It, he, he was missing some throws, some throws that were fairly easy. I just I, I like the Rams as a whole, but how good is Jared Goff? Because it, that will be that I think that would be the determining factor. Like if he's able to rise, if he's able to rise his play, you can like this Rams team. I don't want to say it too early, but could they make a Super Bowl run? Are they good enough? Maybe, maybe they, are, maybe they are good enough. I don't think they're as good as they were two years ago, back in 2018, when they went to the Super Bowl. But could they possibly? I mean, in a wide open NFC, possibly they could. I wouldn't, I, I'm not saying that they are. I'm not saying that they would, but could they? Yeah, and this NFC is wide open. Um, so I, that's my, that, that would be my question. Not so much a hard truth. Um, but I would just say, how good is Jerichoff? That's what I ask. How good is Jerichoff? Um, next up, the Cardinals. They're five and two as well. This is the best division in football. Um, note that. The Cardinals. Okay. And I and it's funny because I have a friend that thinks the Cardinals are really good. He thinks they're he he is really high on the Cardinals. 
And I understand why. Uh, I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray. First, is, is, is Cliff Kingsbury a good coach? Is he a good coach? I, I, and I, I'm not saying that he isn't. I'm not saying that he's not. Um, it's it, like he has this team trending in the right direction, but is he a good coach? It, it would like the, like as far as the younger coaches in the league, does he fall under that Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McDermott? Does he fall under that category? I don't know. I don't know. And, and also, the Cardinals defensively, are they good enough defensively? Offensively, we pretty much know what they are. Like, Kyler Kyler is, in most people's eyes, a top 10 quarterback in this league. He's become, or, or, or he's becoming a top 10 quarterback in this league. And he's a very dynamic quarterback, one of the most dynamic um, and they have DeAndre Hopkins and so forth. But how good is Clint, how good is King Clifford as a coach? And defensively, I don't think their defense is that good. Me personally, I don't think Arizona has enough defensively. But they are interesting, and they are really good. Um, they, but they, they're damn interesting and damn exciting to watch. I must say that. Um, the 49ers. Injuries, I, I'm I, 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 like injuries. It's, it's so many injuries, but also, I'm not sure if Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy. I'm not. I'm not sure, and I, and I'm and I, and that's that's rare for me to be saying because I'm I, I'm really high on Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't know. Like it's 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 very similar to to Jared Goff. Like Garoppolo got you to a Super Bowl. So I think he's good enough to win you one, but it's it's like for this particular year, San Francisco has too many injuries to make a deep playoff run, um, and they may have too many injuries to make the playoffs. To be honest, to be frank, they may have too many injuries to make the playoffs because their next six games, this this stretch they have coming up, is difficult. So I would just ask, that's my harsh truth about the 49ers. Injuries to marquee players. Injuries to marquee players. I think that I think that's gonna hurt them this year. Boy, tough schedule coming up. So let's go to the AFC. The AFC East. The Buffalo Bills. Your defense is not good. Your defense is not good. Um Josh Allen has taken his play to the next level. I like Sean McDermott for the most part. Um, but I can't figure out, I can't put my finger on this defense. This defense was really dominant last year. Um, I don't, and, and, and now this year, I don't know, maybe a year older. I don't know. Is it, is it due to COVID and the lack of training camp? I don't know, but the, the Bills defense is not good this year, but they're still a really good football team. Like, 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 and that's also what I want to say. Like some of these teams, I'm I'm critiquing. They are really good football teams, like the Bills, the the Seahawks, you know, the the 49ers, the Rams. These are really good football teams. I just have some serious questions or some truths. But the Bills, their defense is not good, and I'm not sure. I, and I, I and I don't think their defense is good enough to make a Super Bowl run. They they could be they could make some noise in the playoffs, 
But I don't know if it's good enough to make a Super Bowl run. I don't know if they can generate enough stops. Their defense just is not good. Um, the Miami Dolphins. Do do the Dolphins have their guy? Um, I'm I'm big. I'm pretty high on Tua. I was pretty high on Tua coming out of the draft. Um, but I, I look at it like this for Miami. It's a lose lose. It's a it's a win win situation. It's a win win situation for my for Miami right now. Because Miami, they're three and three. Um, I, pre- I I predicted for the most part that Miami would be an eight and eight football team. I thought they would be an eight and eight football team, but they're three and three. Could Miami sneak into the playoffs if Tua is able to sneak this Miami team into the playoffs? That is gonna be a that's gonna be that like that's gonna be huge in Miami. But if you know, if they, if you know, if they, the second half of the season, if they flunk out and they finish like seven and nine, or or they go eight and eight and miss the playoffs, I think that's, I think that's also good. Like it's a win win for Miami. I feel like um, they're off to a a, a strong start um, considering the team, like the Dolphins. It's a strong start. Three and three is a strong start, but. Um, you got to figure out if Tua's the guy. I I think he is. I think Tua's going to be the guy. But you got to find out, is Tua Tagovailoa the guy uh, to lead this franchise for the next 7 to 10 years? Is he the guy? Um, and I think he I think he will. I think he is. But we got to see. Um, the Patriots. I talked about it earlier. They're 2-4 they're right now. Um, what's their harsh truth? The Patriots? The harsh truth is Belichick doesn't draft well. I mean, I talked about this a little bit last year. I, I like when the rumors started swirling about Brady and his future and the free agency. I looked at who who Belichick has drafted in the last few years, and you can go back and listen to those that that episode if you want to. Um, last year that I did, and Belichick doesn't draft well. That's the harsh truth. Belichick doesn't draft well, and especially offensively. Offensively, he hasn't drafted well. He hasn't drafted an all-pro since Rob Gronkowski. So um, that's the harsh truth about New England. Bill Belichick does not draft well, and, and he does not draft offensive players well. He is not. That has not been his forte. That has not been a strong suit of his. He has very much struggled with that. And to go more into that, I compared it to the Saints. The Saints, uh, you like look at look at who the Saints have drafted in the last few years, and compare it to the Patriots and who they have drafted in the last few years. And mind you, the Patriots and the both both the Patriots and the Saints have been for the most part for the last few years they have been perennial playoff teams. They have been perennial playoff teams. Of course, the Patriots they're Super Bowl contenders every year that they had Brady. The Saints, you know. But look at who the Saints have drafted and look at who the Patriots and Belichick have drafted. It's a major difference. And the Saints, they, they, you know, they did a good job with giving Drew Brees, an older quarterback, weapons to play with. And Brady, on the other hand, with Belichick, Belichick hasn't drafted well. And offensively, they stink. Offensively, they stink. I mean, just offensively, they stink. Um, the Jets, they're 0-7. They're terrible. Fire Adam Gase. Fire Adam Gase. Fire Adam Gase. That, like, the Jets, they're horrible. 
Um, and it's it, it's it's quite funny. Like some of these teams, some of these teams have been looking for a quarterback for forever. And the Jets are one of those teams where like they have been looking for Joe Namus. They've been they've been looking for Joe Namus replacement replacement for years. For years. They've been looking for his replacement for years. And I mean, like I think I, I think Sam Donald can play, but at some point you gotta be able to you gotta be able to uplift your team. And Donald hasn't done that. Now I do realize that Adam Gates in Miami made Ryan Tannehill look really bad. Now Ryan Tannehill is in Tennessee, and Ryan Tannehill is balling. And Ryan Tannehill, the last nineteen games, he's fifteen and four. So there is some correlation there. There is some correlation. And, and, and maybe, it's, maybe it's the Adam Gase thing. Maybe he's just that bad of a coach. He's Jeff, he's Jeff Fisher 2.0. You remember how Jeff Fisher made Jared Goff look so bad? His rookie, I mean, Jared Goff looked so, he looked horrible his rookie year. Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher in that basic offense. Well, Adam Gase is probably... He's he's Jeff Fisher 2.0 without the resume. He's Jeff Fisher 2.0 without the longevity. <laughs> I mean, that, that's literally that's literally who Adam Gase is. Because Brian Tannehill, I mean, he he's he's a completely different quarterback with the Titans. So the Jets, that your fan base, I'm sorry, but you guys suck. <laughs> and I usually don't say that. But you guys suck. You stink. Um, and they need to fire Adam Gates. Um, AFC North. The Pittsburgh Steelers. They're 6-0. They look really good. They look really good. Um, I would say future quarterback plans. Like, who's, who's Ben Roethlisberger replacement? That's what I would ask. I would ask, who is Ben Roethlisberger replacement? Because the Steelers, they're back. They're back to they're back to being a Super Bowl contending team. Um, their defense is one of the best in the league, if if not the best in the league. Um, and now they have Ben Roethlisberger back and healthy, um, and their offense is clicking. So, I, like, it's not it's no really harsh truth about the Steelers. I would just say, who like, what's your backup plan for Ben Roethlisberger? What does that look like? I'm curious to see though. But the Steelers are flying high right now. Um, the Ravens. The Ravens are a really good football team that has really gone under the radar because we're talking about Kansas City and Tennessee and Pittsburgh. And, I mean, we, you know, we just, we just forgot about the Baltimore Ravens. They're still a really good football team that could still legitimately get to the Super Bowl. Now, my thing with the Ravens is, is, is this. Has Lamar Jackson hit a sitting, ceiling? Like as like as a quarterback, and if this is his ceiling, it's a really good ceiling, and that's no like that's no shot towards Lamar, but has he hit a ceiling? Because if he has, okay, but I would like to see this Ravens, like I want to see this Ravens passing attack get better. I want to see this Ravens passing attack get better, but. That's that's what I have for the Ravens. I mean, it, this this is a really this is a ran this is a well ran 
franchise, um, top to bottom. Offense, defense, it looks pretty good. I would just, I would just question the passing attack um, with the Ravens. The Cleveland Browns, they're five and two. Um, I predicted the Browns would make the playoffs this year. That looks well intact. Um, looking at the remainder of the schedule, but the harsh truth about the Browns is Baker Mayfield. He's holding you back. He's average. Baker Mayfield is average. Baker Mayfield has limitations. He had, I, I mean, he has limitations. He, he looks really good versus Cincinnati. He beats up on the Bengals, but against teams with winning records, teams that know that somewhat know how to play defense, he 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 struggles. And I think he's I think Baker's average. I think he's an average quarterback. I don't think he's a I don't think he's a tier one or tier two or I think he's an average quarterback. And I mean you can win games with that, but if you like, if the Browns really want to take that next step um, with Kevin Stefanski, Baker's average, and I just think he has limitations. I think he has limitations as a quarterback. Um, the biggest strength coming out of Oklahoma was his accuracy. Somehow, some way, he's lost that. But um, he, but I, and I don't want to bash on him too much because he did win, but it was versus Cincinnati, so it's like. I'm not going to have my pom-poms out waving for Baker, but he is average. That's the, that's the hard truth. Baker is average. Um, also, you got to rethink this Odell thing. Like, I mean, Baker, Odell, like, you got to, you, some, something has to give, I feel like, um, at some point. Something has to give. I, I, but me personally, I don't think, I don't think Odell is going to end his career in Cleveland. That's just me personally. Um, but the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals are one five. They're one five and one. Uh, Joe Burrow. Good good news for Cincinnati is they found them a quarterback because he can play. Joe Burrow can play, um, and he's their guy. So they found they found their franchise quarterback. They found their guy. But what are you going to put around him? Because historically, the Bengals have been cheap. The Bengals have been cheap historically. It's you can date back all the way up to the 80s and 70s. They have been historically cheap and they haven't went out and spent money to put around and build a, a, a to build a team, really. To build a contending team. They 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 haven't done that. They're they're they are historically cheap. So I would I'm just curious to see what they put around Joe Burrow. But they did found him a guy. They found him a guy. AFC South, um, the Tennessee Titans, they're five and one. This is very similar to, um, to Buffalo. I don't, the Titans defense isn't that good. And it's surprising because the Titans defense, it was pretty solid last year, but the Titans defense this year, especially on third down, they can't get teams off the field. But other than that, this it, it seems like a pretty good football team. I like Mike Vrabel, but the Titans third down they can't get teams off the field. I'm not sure if this is a Super Bowl quality defense, but they are a legit playoff contender, and I think they can make noise in the playoffs certainly. Um, the Indianapolis Colts they're four and two. Phillip Rivers is not the answer. Phillip Rivers is not the answer, and the the the. It, in Indianapolis, they have such a smart front office. I feel like, like they have like over the last 
year, over the last couple years, they have made some really good decisions, building the offensive line, building the defense. But Phillip Rivers is not the answer. He's on a two-year deal. I think he's on a is he on a is he on a two-year? I think he's on a one-year deal, something like that. He's making twenty-five million dollars. He's not the answer. He's not the answer. He's too old. I'm sorry. He's he he's not the answer. He's too old. Um, his his arm strength is not the same, and he always he he somehow some way he just makes questionable throws at times. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. What direction are you guys going in? That's what I would ask. What direction um, is Gardner Minshew the guy? Is he? Is he? Is he? Is he? You guys quarterback? I don't know. Um, they're one and six though. The Houston Texans one and six as well. Um, what are you gonna put? The, what are you gonna put around Deshaun Watson? Are you gonna give him a better offensive line? Are you gonna give him a better defense? Are you gonna give him a better coach? Are you gonna give him a better running game? Like what are you putting the, what are you putting around Deshaun Watson? Because you signed this kid, but now he's alone. Him and JJ Watt are just alone in the in the in the Texas desert. Like, what 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 is what what are you putting around him? What is the what is the direction of this franchise? Um and I know a lot of that has to do with Bill O'Brien trading away guys, but like still, like, what's the direction? Like, give him a better offensive line, give him a better defense. Come on, let's make some moves. Um, the AFC West, Kansas City at six and one. Um, the harsh truth about them is, can they stop the run, or or not truth so much, but their their defense. I would just have a question about their defense. Can they stop the run? It, it, you know, the Chiefs they have to be able to stop the run. Um, and this is why you hear guys. You, this is why you hear names like Quentin Williams that comes up in trade talks because I think. If if the Chiefs were to if the Chiefs were to ask if they were to trade for Quentin Williams, I mean that would be great. But can they stop the run consistently? That would be my that's my question for the Chiefs. Consistently, can they stop the run? Offensively, we already know like they're going to be pretty good. But can they stop the run defensively to get back to being Super Bowl champions? Can they stop the run effectively? Um, the Raiders at three and three, um, defend, I, 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 Mike, Mike Mayock and John Gruden, they have done a good job with drafting offensive guys. Like offensively, they have done a good job to building this offense. Can you build a defense? Like they give up this defense. They give up a lot of points, a lot of yards, a lot of yards per play. So I would just question. I like the, I like the direction this Raiders team is going and similar to Miami, the Raiders have a chance to probably sneak into the playoffs. So like, let's see, let's see what they can do. But defensively, can Mike Mayock and John Gruden build a defense? Because offensively they got it, but defensively, like they need to put, they need to show more effort. Um, they need to put more towards defense a bit. Um, the LA chargers, they're two and four. Um, they found them a quarterback. This is very similar to Cincinnati a little bit. The Chargers are uh, uh, the Chargers are a little bit better than Cincinnati. They have lost a lot of close games so far this year, but they found Justin Herbert. They found their they found their cornerstone their cornerstone franchise quarterback. But I would just question. I would just ask: Is first is Anthony Lynn the right coach for the job? 
Like, is is he like I know he had a he had a twelve I think he had like a twelve and four season a couple years back, but is he the right guy moving forward? I think that has to be the question. Um, but other than that, this Chargers team it's pretty solid. Um, they just they've just lost a lot of close games so far this year. Um, and the Broncos, you know, last but not least, the Broncos they're two and four, but is Drew Locke the guy? Is Drew, and, and, and I know I keep asking I keep asking that about certain teams, like as far as the quarterback position, but the quarterback position is the most important position. So I have to, I feel like I have to ask that. But it seems like similar to the Jets, not they, I mean now the Broncos, they haven't been struggling as long as the Jets. But similar to the Jets somewhat, the Broncos are still trying to find that that they're 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 Elway. They're trying to find the replacement for Elway. Yeah, they had Peyton Manning for a couple years, but they got an older Peyton Manning. They didn't get they didn't get a prime Peyton Manning. They got an older Peyton Manning coming off the neck surgery Peyton Manning. So they're still trying to find their replacement from for Elway. So and they've been and, and, and that's and he's in Elway. Literally Elway is trying to find his replacement. <laughs> so I would just ask, you know, they all they also have been hit with injuries, a lot of injuries. But I want to see what direction they move in. Um, I think Drew Locke is talented, um, but it's kind of hard to judge him because there's so many injuries with Denver. But I think they're, I think it's solid. I mean, they're trying to, they're trying to compete and so forth. But you know, they didn't, they didn't have a good outing versus uh, New England. They didn't have a good outing versus New England. But those are my harsh truths about certain teams. Those are my harsh truths. Um, I think I'm going to touch bases. I want to I talk about Jim Harbaugh because you, you guys know he's one of my favorite coaches. Um, Michigan, Jim Harbaugh. I'm going to talk about them really briefly. And Okay, so as I mentioned already in the previous segment, uh, I wanted to talk about Jim Harbaugh in Michigan because uh, Big Ten football play started, by the way, um, I, I used to talk more college football. I'm going to start getting back to it a little bit more as the season progresses. We, um, I was waiting for the Big Ten to come back um, because I think, you know, I think that I like a couple teams in the Big Ten uh, a lot that I follow a lot. But Michigan, I, I, I'm a, I love Jim Harbaugh. I've been like, I, I like Jim Harbaugh since way back in Stafford. Then he took the 49ers job. Then he came back to college football and he took the Michigan job. Um, and, and and get this. Okay, so and let, let me let me tell you guys this. The Michigan fans are not gonna want to hear this because they think they're like up here. They, they they think they're better than what their team is actually, you know, that most and that's most fans, but a lot of like especially when it comes to college football, I think like the Notre Dame fan base, uh, the Michigan fan base. I think too often they get ahead of themselves. Um, and that's just, let's just pertain to Michigan. Michigan historically is a, mm, is a nine, is a nine win program. It's a, it's a good program. It's a good football program. It's not quite Ohio state or Alabama, but it's a good Football program and 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 I, and I always thought the media was just a bit too hard on Jim Harbaugh um, and at Michigan and I know his antics and uh, the khakis and, the, and you know the 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 pen 
I, I know that that doesn't help, and you know the, the the antics don't help Jim Harbaugh, but I like him. I I I I like Jim Harbaugh a lot, but I think too often it was too much. It is a lot of he he got too much flack. Um, he can't beat Ohio State, and I mean, who can beat Ohio State? Who 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 can beat Ohio State? I think Urban Meyer had a ninety win percentage at Ohio State, like. Who can beat Ohio State? Nobody else can beat Alabama. Can barely beat Ohio State. So, like, I think that's too. I think you know. Obviously, it's the rival. It's the big time rivalry. And boosters and fans, they like they want to see you win those games. But like, like, let's be honest. Let's 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 be honest. Let's be legit and let's stop being fanatics. Like, who's beating Ohio State on a consistent basis? Nobody. No. Nobody. Nobody. So, and also, Michigan is a tough academic school. So, like, there's just certain bound, there's just certain things and restrictions that Harbaugh has to face. But Harbaugh now, after Brady Hulk, Harbaugh has taken this program and gotten them back to where they should be. A nine and a half ish win team. Like, he, he's, win, he, he's winning about nine and a half games per year. He's winning about nine and a half, nine and a half per game per year. But I, I saw something on Saturday versus Minnesota, and that was a pretty good game. Michigan steamrolled Minnesota, but it was a pretty good game. But I was really impressed with Joe Milton, the quarterback of Michigan, Joe Milton. And I think this may be Michigan. I think this may be Jim Harbaugh's best quarterback. I think that I think this may be his best quarterback. He's a big kid, big athlete, about six five. He can, he's mobile. He can run it. Um, dual threat has he has a strong. He has a cannon for arm. So I think this may be Joe. I think this may be Jim Harbaugh's best quarterback. But also, we I think Harbaugh he's getting back to his power football running style. Harbaugh had tremendous success, especially more so. I was I I saw the I saw the success more so with the 49ers. For, with the 49ers, he was able to get to he he got to a Super Bowl and he got to three straight NFC Championship games, and a lot of that came from the fact that that the power running football, the power running football. He got he that's what he did at San Francisco. He did that best. At San Francisco, power run, running the football. He he's getting back to that style of pulling offensive linemen, pulling up, pulling tackles, um, athletic tackles, going out on the edges and creating gaps. And he's getting back to power running football. And and I don't want nobody to take this out of like I don't want anybody to take this out of like misperception. But I think I think he I think. I'm not gonna. Say, I'm not gonna say they're gonna beat Ohio State, but this very well may be his best chance. I feel like, um, because he's getting back to what he, he's getting back to his bread and butter. Jim Harbaugh is getting back to his his bread and butter, um, and I think this may this may get him over the top. Um, one of these years, I'm not saying it's gonna be this year. I'm not saying this. I think this may depending on. I want to see more Michigan because. You know, that's only one game. But depending on how the season continues and how they look, 
this may be this may be the best year for Michigan to pull off an upset versus Ohio State. Um, and I think it's good to see Harbaugh adjusting because nowadays in college football, in order to beat the the Clemsons and the Oklahomas and the Alabamas um, and the Ohio States, in order to beat those type of teams, you, you got to be able to score the football. Like you, you, it's it, like you're not going to be able to limit those teams to twenty or twenty four points. No, if you're going to beat Ohio State. You gotta score some points. If you're gonna beat Clemson, you gotta score some points. If you're gonna beat if you're gonna beat Alabama, you gotta score some points because, like a, a few, several years back, Nick Saban had to adjust because Nick Saban he would often struggle versus quarterbacks that were like dual threats. He struggled versus Cam. Um, he struggled versus Nick Marshall. Uh, that Auburn, like Auburn had Nick Marshall. He was a dual threat. That was the year Auburn beat Alabama. Uh, Deshaun Watson, we saw, we saw, we, um, we saw um, Saban struggle with, the, you know, containing Deshaun Watson. So even Saban has had to, uh, the greatest college football coach of all time, he's had to adjust his play style and like, we got to score more points so we can keep up and beat these teams like Clemson and Ohio State, like Ohio State, he got killed by Ohio State. Um, se- like what? Like this was several years back. He got killed by Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. Got to be able to score points. Oklahoma, he got killed by Oklahoma. Got to be able to score points. He adjusted his style, and I'm I'm glad I'm I'm happy to see that Jim Harbaugh is adjusting his style. But without further ado, I'm gonna let you guys go. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the IKP. Um, as you guys, if you guys all know, Saturday episode is coming up. That's where I give you guys my predictions and so forth. But continue to rock with me. Continue to click, click, click. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. And I am out. Deuces. Peace. Gone.